Hello, everyone, and welcome to the State of the Republic podcast. Uh, this is going to be quite an interesting podcast episode, a little bit different than other ones that we've had in the past, but we are going to be covering the game. Don't worry, as much as uh, it really saddens us to have to cover the game, we'll actually be talking about some of the points because there were some good points of the game too, despite the loss. So uh, stay with us. We're going to talk about that as well. But first, we are going to be talking a lot about what happened before the game because I know most of you want to hear more about that and all the situations and whatnot. Let's go ahead and introduce our two co-hosts for today, Sharon, Jared. Let's first go to you, Sharon. How are you doing? <laughs> well, I, I'm doing better now. I was uh, I, I was tired. It was hard to unwind after last night. Though all the experiences of last night and all the emotions, I think we all had like a bunch of like these. Um, we didn't know what to do with these emotions. We didn't know what package to put them in so that we could like be, get past them. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there was a there was a lot tied up. Uh, some people just you know roll with things, but I think when you've when you've been waiting all day and one yes this was yesterday waiting kind of for Saturday's word you knew the air quality sucked and it was chunky and it hurt it, you know and then you're thinking of the players and you know all the decisions and so today's a much better day and and I'm I'm kind of looking forward to the to the week ahead I'm looking forward to seeing what the guys do on Wednesday looking forward to talking about the game hearing how you guys are doing and you reading some of the comments if any <laughs> uh from when we post this podcast i'd be interested to find out jared how you doing well doing better than yesterday but uh ha- having to deal with uh, all the situation going on in sacramento and even the short-lived the schadenfreude over in chandler o- over between uh phoenix and new mexico didn't really help all that much but uh we'll kind of touch a little bit of on that especially the uh own goal that Phoenix had scored in a rather Bob Minery way. So we'll, we'll talk about that later on. But uh, as far as yesterday's game, yeah, there it, it could have been handled a little bit better, I'm, I'm sure. But uh, I digress. Right, let's let's move forward. Luis, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm kind of on the same boat as Jared too, feeling uh, much better than yesterday. But the waiting game was. Really stressful, I have to say. And I know most fans were probably feeling the same way where we kept refreshing Twitter. That was me. I, I wasn't even going to do notifications on Twitter. So it would just uh, notify me whenever they uh, would post a tweet. But throughout the day, also looking at the air quality, looking at any forecasts so that, checking that often, hoping really that it would go below 150 to the point where it could be uh, classified as unhealthy for sensitive groups. Because at that point, I could tolerate that but anything over 150 as we know it's unhealthy and it, it just yeah I just couldn't convince myself to go I was like I, I like to support the Republic I like to go to soccer games I've been looking forward to the Saturday's game for a while since uh you know I haven't been to a home game I think in quite some time now and so it, it was it was an unfortunate thing to have to go through all that and and finally I was like yeah I, I just can't go even though I have the tickets and even though I was really excited to actually go watch this game because of all that it implied right because San Diego was a direct rival in the group and uh to be able to see Lana Donovan too you know we've talked about it here I'm a big 
Donovan fan or all-time legendary player. And so that happened. And yeah, it, it was just the most unfortunate thing. And as we were talking offline, um, it, it was just not hearing much from the team about what was going on because they they posted, I think, two times in yesterday too regarding the air quality. I know we got an email in the morning saying that the, the, the metric would keep on going and they would notify us if anything were to be changed. But I think that maybe we should have been getting a little bit more updates. Uh, and it could have even just been like, we're, we, we were still not sure, right? It could have just been even something like that. But we just wanted to hear more. And I kept reading the comments that were coming through on Twitter, Facebook, and I'm sure Instagram probably had a couple as well. And people were attacking the club left and right. And a part of me was like, come on, we need to like just say something. It could be something generic. You could just respond to each one, but do it because it's really important. And and, and just in general, um, being the marketing major that I am and the career that I have in marketing and whatnot, I know how important it is to be able to address each concern that your customer has, even if right. you just say sorry. Yeah, or, <laughs> right. Well, and it's funny because, you know, United Airlines will st- still say, you know, we're, we're working on the situation. I mean, something just as, as generic as that. Yeah, I was a response to, to comments, but, you know, there really there really wasn't much. And who knows who's giving the direction to um, and, you know, knowing who I know who's running the social media. But if the person above that person you know, is like saying, nope, just don't engage, don't engage, just just don't engage. This is a decision we've already told them once that we're waiting to hear what's going on, you know, and from the outside perspective, it sounds like a single decision, right? But from an insider's perspective, there are thousands of decision, little tiny decisions that affect the one big decision of to play or not play. And that's a that's that's a tough situation for the social media manager to, to navigate. It literally is. They're probably told, you know, don't engage, just let it, let it be. We'll respond when we need to, but you brought up a really good point earlier, Luis. um, And that was to assure season ticket holders or any ticket holder that if they chose to stay away for their own personal health reasons that they would, we could work with them. Like the club could work with them on, you know, either getting a a ticket to another game or, you know, rolling their ticket credit to a different game or, or something like that. Uh, That would have been really useful. And we didn't hear that. And I know that would have been super useful for you because you, you were not able to look on your own account to find a way to, exchange your ticket for a future game. It wasn't there either, you know, the account manager wasn't updated or, you know, just something wasn't right. And I know with mine, I saw it there. I saw the option to exchange, but I was up of that mind, you know, it was a little bit of what the Tower Bridge Battalion was going through. You know, they had asked the club to count or postpone the game for better air quality but at the same time, when the club announced that they were going to go ahead with the game, we all still went fully expecting. This is the weird thing. We were all fully expecting up until the moment the players took the field, we were fully expecting an announcement that said that the match would be canceled. A lot like what happened in Oakland when the referees decided that the pitch wasn't acceptable. Um, that was like 20 minutes before the game was supposed to start. I don't know, maybe half hour, who knows what it was, but it was last minute. So we were kind of 
okay, we're going to all go and support this team, even though we can't breathe. It hurts our lungs. My eyes were burning. I'm wearing a mask. And a lot of people didn't wear a mask. It was just, it was just, it was a surreal day and a surreal level of behind the scenes decisions that weren't daylighted because of course they can't, they can't tell you where to find the the manual for USL, you know, that says how they make decisions on air quality, which is kind of left more locally, I think. Um, and bless their hearts, people from the Tower Bridge Battalion scoured any information. They found the youth clinics, youth camps and clinics. You know, the, the threshold that they set for the youngsters was 150 AQI, total AQI, parts per million, uh, PM 2.5. And so that was the threshold for youth, but there wasn't anything. It, it was just, it was a surreal day. And I'm sure you all felt it. You know, if you followed any social media or if you felt like you wanted to attend the game, but you were on the bubble because it didn't feel good to be in that air quality. And I was kind of like indoors all day. So when I stepped out, it was like, oh, this is going to hurt and I'll pay for it later, which I did. Um, And I'm still paying for it. Uh, But it was surreal. Jared, what did you see? Well, I mean, like a lot of other folks, I had seen a lot of social media. I mean, uh, especially Twitter. Uh, you know, a lot of folks are trying to figure out what the league uh, decision is as far as the threshold, like uh, the air quality index, what uh, what time the deadline would have to be to make a decision, things like that that you mentioned. And, you know, these are guidelines that really weren't available to us uh, to, to see. Um, I did see some limited information from uh, the the opposite side uh the san diego uh loyal so- social media mostly from fans and everything like that wondering if the game was still going to go on but yeah i mean it was just a whole lot of uh, questions more uh, way more questions than answers as far as this goes i mean if the same thing were to happen here i mean i'm sure it would have it would have been the same thing, especially since it's way out in the in the open desert, uh, more or less. But I mean, to have it happen there at uh, Hard Health Park, and as mentioned before, it's not the first time it's happened. But you would think that having that happen a couple of times, there would be more of a solidified answer or solidified uh, regiment of you know this. If this happens, we need to take this kind of action, anything like that. But it still to this day is the big question mark. I mean, how, how do we handle this? And you've had it before. I mean, you've, you've had fires like, like I was mentioned before, fires practically up the defense line. And. Oh, they were, they were actually in part of it. They went beyond the fence line and they were headed towards the uh, asphalt road that goes behind and uh, very close to burning the locker rooms. It was pretty, it got really close, yeah. and you know, thank goodness for the Cal Expo Fire Department and the Sac Metro that came in and helped tamp that fire down. That was a, it was supposed to be our Fourth of July celebration, and I'm trying to remember if it was 2014 or 2015. It doesn't matter. It was one year where it was just crazy, and mm-hmm. Orange County. I don't, <laughs> they did not. It was when they were still the Blues, I believe. It was Orange County. And, Sounds right. Yeah, and they had to uh, delay the game to a Monday, and there's very little information you know, about that online, but the, the nature of the decision-making that goes on and, and Luis, we were all talking about this beforehand, that the, all the tiny minuscule decisions that have to happen, like number one, they already had all the food truck vendors set up and ready to go and, you know, covered and paid for. They already had all the parking. They had already 
like begun to pay the people that are part of making the situation go and the air quality index didn't cooperate and reduce itself to a point that I think would have been much better for the, for the fans. And I know that some people were saying profits over people, you know, that that's what the Republic showed yesterday, but there's a lot more that goes into that. I, I don't, I don't, I can't say one way or the other, how I feel about it. I would have probably in hindsight, my age, I should have stayed home and paid the subscription, which I pay for, for ESPN plus, but I wouldn't have had that game day field, nor would I have been able to support the club in person. But then that kind of backfired because we all showed up as um, Heather Sims mentioned, we showed up, but it felt like the team did not. And yeah, the air quality sucked. And yeah, we had like a single trained defender, Dan Casey, we didn't have our cadre of guys that we normally can pick from for the defense. We had no Hayden uh-huh. Sarges. Mitch is gone. He's on loan away. And it's like, can we bring him back? Was there something that he said? I don't know. And then, you know, Nabi, last minute call up. I Nobody even knew about that. I didn't know about that. And it was like, why was that not published? You publicized so that we could kind of steal ourselves, you know, and prepare for the fact that we're going to be a little porous and maybe we can encourage our defenders a little bit strong, more strongly, you know, even we can yell things like "Hey, man on and, you know, a defender might hear that and not allow, you know, somebody to waltz right through, or we could cheer Tomas on a little bit stronger saying Tomas, hold your line or, you know, whatever, you know, just to kind mm-hmm. of bolster. And I think that's why we all made the decision to at the last minute to go and do that second to second waiting is the game going to happen. And when they had the gates opened at 7 p.m. last night, gates were open. It was like, okay, uh, this is kind of odd because I still can't breathe myself. And how are the players? Well, I can breathe. I mean, duh. But it just was, you know, you could feel the smoke. You can really feel it. Not like it is in the areas that are like heavily affected where the AQI is between four and 600 you know, parts per million of, of, uh, 2.5 particulate matter. It's nasty. Um, a lot of people wore, uh, N95 masks last night and rightly so they needed to, if they are, um, if they are the type of people like myself that are affected by the, the particulates, anyhow, lots of tiny decisions. Food is already there. People are already there. They're paying the staff. The other team is there. Um, you know, and the decision for the other team, if they postpone another day, can we even bring staff back? Do they even have anybody available on a Sunday to bring back? And, you know, it, would, would it be just like an empty stadium? I mean, they could have at that point just played over at CRC. I'm kidding. But, you know, it's it it was it's interesting, all the tiny decisions that go on. And that makes sense. I mean, hear, hearing all that, I mean, if we didn't have an insider view, we would have just thought, it was just one uh, one decision as far as this goes, you know, no other factors. I mean, like that, uh, taking into account uh, earlier in the day, the uh, Sacramento Rivercats for the second time this week, they've had a meeting with the uh, Reno Aces initially earlier this week. They were playing up in Reno, but the decision was made to move the game over to Sutter Health Park in West Sacramento because of the air there. And then yesterday, the same thing happened with uh, Sutter Health Park that they ended up having to postpone the game originally they were looking to have the game at Sutter Health Park close it to the public and, and but still have it televised of course uh, but yesterday they just flat out said you know what we're postponing this we're not even going to uh, go out there take the field and, and this was, was a decision that was made even earlier in the day than and then 
the Republic FC uh, had announced. So who owns who owns the the field where the River Cats play? Who owns that? Is that the River Cats that own it, or is it West Sacramento? That's that's a big question because we don't own Heart Health Park. That's that's true. That is a good point. And then also, it's it was basically uh, uh, communicated between uh, the San Francisco Giants and Arizona Diamondbacks, the uh, the parent uh, clubs of the of the teams uh, accordingly. So, I mean, that's definitely a good uh, decision. A good uh, question as far as does uh, West Sacramento own uh, Sutter Health Park, or is it owned by the, the Rivercats organization? Uh, that's something I'm going to have to look into because that does or play a role. Luis had just, he just did it. The owner is the River City Stadium Management. So River City is another name for a separate entity. River City High School is in West Sacramento. So who knows uh, if River City Stadium Management is a consortium that also owns the River Cats or just what? Um, Financing Mm. authority. Hmm. That and technically it's in another county. So that's a whole other kettle of fish right there. Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, and the naming rights are uh, are different naming rights, but ownership is it looks like it's a consortium, and who knows, you know, River Cats, if they have a, uh, sole access to the facility or first right of refusal, because I don't know how our contract is with Heart Health Park at Cal Expo, because we have to go through Cal Expo and Spectra. I mean, there's uh, there's there's so many different pieces to the arrangements at Heart Health Park where the Sacramento Republic plays, there's, there's tentacles upon tentacles. And I have no idea how people keep all that stuff straight. And I don't even, uh, I don't even want to imagine how that all works, but there are people that understand that within the organization and they understand every little contract that happens, you know, between the, uh, even just the employees bringing them in and not there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts and you better believe the attorneys were also involved and, you know, whether they had insurance to cover the, you know, it's not really a catastrophic event that causes a game to be postponed where you can recoup funds through your insurance. But I don't even know if there's an insurance that covers something that's not necessarily catastrophic. It's not like you have the health department claiming you can't play, which was the situation during COVID that basically prohibited sporting venues from having gatherings. So that could have been like an act of God, an unintended thing that could have been covered by insurance to recoup lost funds or lost monies. I don't even know if that is a thing, but you know, all those things come into play when you are thinking about canceling a match. So, and Luis, thank you so much for bringing up all the information that we can look at ourselves yeah. right there. Appreciate oh yeah. You. Yeah. No, no problem. Uh, and now that you you mentioned that the whole department and all that, maybe they I don't I don't know exactly. I'm not like too informed with uh, laws and all that too. But you know I, I'd be surprised if they don't have like a, a certain standard for AQI, right? Like you can't have outdoor events if the AQI is at this point, right? To the point where the team could say, well, we're not even allowed to have a match, and so maybe that is covered under insurances and all that because they're not letting you actually hold the match. And that that's more on on the you know political side of things too, right? Where it's like it's not me, it's them. So I, I should get a a freebie for that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm really surprised because I would think that the health department would be looking at those things and be like, yeah, it's hey, it's not just safe for the players. We're not really. I mean, they're looking at that too, but they're looking more for the community as a whole, right? To not have any 
health issues that can arise from that or, or other things like that. So yeah, I'm it, a bit that's interesting. You know, okay, so so because it is a sporting event and it is soccer, we are really well covered in our medical community and our medical profession people. And you know darn well our trainer, all of our doctors, you know, even probably the the Cairo <laughs> had a say. Um, along with the coach and along with the general manager, Todd, you know, everybody had a say in the health effect aspect because I've, I've been behind the scenes. Um, I remember when Joe, Joe Wagner was um, needing to make decisions years ago about uh, smoke um, because there was a fire. Uh, This is a different situation. There was a fire nearby and it was kind of drifting onto the field. And, you know, I remember him checking with, this is great. He was checking with the local meteorologist. I mean, they had like a direct like contact with meteorologists. They had a direct contact with a bunch of different people so that they could make an informed decision. They, and it, the look on, you know, Joe's face, which is very similar to the look on what Todd's face would probably be, have been yesterday. It was of deep concern and every, every bit of gray matter was working at that point in time. And if I, you know, even, I think I asked him casually, you know, have you considered the health effects? I think I said something very casually that day to Joe and it was literally, he was already on it. He was on it. He was on it. He was on it. And so I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'll just, you know, I'll just stay over here by the potted plant, you know, um, because I'm very aware of toxicological things in my prior scientist life kind of a thing. I just, you know, have an awareness of uh, exposures, so to speak. So, so these decisions do not get made lightly. And, you know, it wasn't a very cavalier decision, but at the end of the day, they played, they lost. And I can't wait to break down (laughs) all the situations that we, that coulda, woulda, shoulda happened, (laughs) including I didn't get to see, cause I left, I left the game. I was a little frustrated about a lot of things, but, um, and Rafa played Rafa got pitch time yesterday. I want to know. I have to know what happened to Tomas, so I can't wait to kind of dive into the actual game itself, you know? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then also just a side note, at the time of recording today is Joe's birthday, so happy birthday, Joe. Aw, happy oh, birthday, Joe Wagner. Oh, we miss true. you. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, was, we really do. Too. We do. And it's funny, because his gregarious laugh, you could hear it miles <laughs> away, and it really did boost everybody's spirits. Um I was talking with somebody who'd been around for a long time yesterday. Um, They've been around the club a long time. And we were kind of reminiscing a little bit to the, you know, the old crew, nothing to take away from the new crew, but it just, it feels different as we go through the growing pains as a, as a club, the club just feels a little bit different. And I, I, there's some event happening in September for season ticket holders where I think we'll be able to get to know everybody, but it's like Mm -hmm. that, that event should have been held in the very beginning of the season Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. There's just like too many, too many unknown people. And, you know, we have no relationship. Like right now, if I needed a favor, I have no idea who I would talk to. You know, I mean, I have some friends, but it's just a different, it's a different club. And we need as fans, we need more. I mean, we need the, we need to have that relationship that doesn't exist right now. It didn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel, I mean, there may be some people like the Tower Bridge Battalion, maybe they have a relationship because, you know, the club kind of nurtures the TVB, but there's a bunch of us that we don't have the relationship, you know, Luis, we kind of got a little bit of the 
I don't want to say a, not a door slammed in our face, but, you know, uh, here we are, a podcast that's trying to grow and I'm not feeling the love at this point. You know, it's kind of like, we've really had to um, do a lot to try to even get an interview. And then we've been told, no, you can't have an interview. They're busy. Um, and no, you, you have to act like this, or you have to have so many followers for us to even think about you. And it's like, oh man, you know, this is tough. Why don't you help us grow? Isn't that part of, you know, camaraderie and collaboration is getting, getting the word out, getting the get for us to have support, support from the club, because we're also a fan and we're also multipliers, you know, we're multiplying the message and uh, just by having a platform like this, we're we're part of the fabric of the republic, and yet I'm I don't know, Luis. Do you feel like you're part of the republic as a podcast? I mean, as a fan, you might be, but as a podcast, do you feel part? Yeah, as a as a fan, I am. As a podcast, I have not really felt uh, as much. I I, I got to say it. Um, but before I, I move on, yes, happy birthday, Joe. You're really awesome, and we miss you. And please come back. <laughs> um, but yeah yeah I agree with you I mean things have really changed quite a bit I mean when Joe was around uh, I, I credit Joe to becoming I think the super fan that I am now because before Joe I was not a season ticket holder after some of the things that he did after uh, how he addressed certain situations that went on I was sold I was like yeah this guy is really taking the time to do this and he's got this like vice president role and yet he's still you know considerate of the fan right he he has mm -hmm. a lot of people that report to him he could very easily just tell him like hey you handle the situation you do it all but he personally calls me we were on the phone for a good like almost hour speaking i met him in person a couple of times uh he delivered my season tickets to uh arc actually when they had a friendly that they were under a storm and all that, which I, I didn't actually attend the game because of that. Um, but I was in the parking lot. He met me right there. It, it was just, he was really awesome in the things that he did. And I, I'm with you, Sharon, as a season ticket holder myself. I, I, I've been kind of like questioning what's going on. Because when Joe was around that season, when I first got my season ticket uh, membership, they were doing events left and right, right? They were constantly informing us, yeah, we're going to have this. We're going to meet the players event, which I thought was a really awesome thing, right? On a Sunday morning, uh, things like that, they're not doing them as much. Even when the World Cup was around, they had a watch party there. We went to it. They had uh, free tacos from Chando's Tacos, which were really good. And, you know, all that was free for us because we were season ticket uh, members. And uh, even some FIFA video games, which I thought was pretty fun as well. They set up the stations and all that. And I think, Sharon, you were probably around when they were doing some of those of events and all that and I, I don't know what's going on I don't know why they're not doing more of that why they're not just trying to do more things and, and if it's more because of COVID you could always do virtual things right let's have a, a yeah. little virtual uh, watch party as we did with uh, the other games right let's have a virtual way watch party right let's someone could be sharing their screen ESPN plus I think we should be all all good or, or let's just have virtual hangouts let's have uh town halls like we do our own town hall right it's like we as fans like, and we as the podcast we we are doing more for the fans than they are doing for the fans which you know it's good for us and and that that's great and all 
But sometimes you kind of want them to also do that, right? Because they do that as a full-time job. We have our own jobs outside of the podcast. So they could really like structure things a lot more than we can. And in general, it's just something that always surprises me, right? That we're doing more, that we're uh, you know putting more of an effort to that. And and on the podcast support part, uh, I'm all for that too. I, I, I don't understand what's going on there. And it is quite sad to see a lot of fellow uh, fan colleagues, right, who were, were also doing podcasts, who were uh, doing uh, articles online, right, in various platforms. It seems like they've kind of stopped doing that. And, you know, it's, it's a little concerning to us, right? And even though, yeah, sure, you know, we might be kind of competing against them to <laughs> get listeners and whatnot, at the end of the day, we want all the fans to thrive in whatever creative outlet they're doing especially they're supporting the team because we're all supporting the same cause and so it it is really concerning when you see that you know we're basically I think unless I might be wrong if someone knows of anything else please let me know I don't mean to discredit anyone out there I just haven't heard of anyone out there there is someone but right now it seems to me from what I've seen that we are the only outlet for fans right we're the only thing uh, by fans for fans and uh, yeah, that is that is concerning when you start seeing that because there's an issue going on with the team when that's going on. Yeah, and especially the fact that it's it's not just local people that are doing this. We we have people outside of Sacramento County, outside of California that that they're doing more for the fans than, than the club is. I mean, I totally get that that uh, uh, that the club's podcast. It's I, I know it's not fan base and it is going to be club oriented, but that's just more of a, a PR type of podcast. And I'm not trying to be uh, derogatory towards uh, that uh, podcast or anything like that. I mean, it is great that they are reaching out on multiple uh, venues, but as far as uh, fan-based communications, I mean, we, we've had attempts at it by, by others. I mean, we, we had, um, you know, good, good podcasts like uh, the Indomitable City uh, Soccer. I mean, they've definitely been a great source of information, but unfortunately we've, not really heard much from them, and I, I'm not sure what's affecting it. If it could either be Vox Media or whoever it is, but you know, really, compared to some of the other podcasts that have started out earlier than us, uh, I mean, right now this is it. I mean, we're we're doing more for the, for the, to reach out to the fans to engage, and when really the club should at least be stepping it up as well, especially since they are right there in Sacramento. I mean, Luis, I mean, I know you're, you're not exactly in Sacramento County and I'm not in California either. I mean, I'm here in Maricopa County, Arizona, you know, just try trying to get more folks to reach out to, to the games, you know, to, a place to collaborate, you know, by the fans, for the fans. And the fact that the three of us or sometimes more are doing more than, than the club has. I mean, the, the club has become less transparent. I mean, I, I, I'm going to have to say it. I mean, back, back when Joe was, was part of the show, I mean, anything that happened, I mean, they let us know. I mean, they said, hey, this is happening. We're just happening. We're working on this or anything like that. But nowadays, it's become opaque. And I, I mean, we, we barely find out uh, the injuries, for example. That years ago, even if it was like a slight, uh, a slight uh, finger dislocation, boom, they were on it. They told us, hey, so-and-so is injured. They're going to be out for such and such time, but they're going to be right back at it. Uh, we expect them at this. Nowadays, oh, they're unavailable for selection. That's it. Well, what happened to them? They're not <laughs> available. Don't, wor- don't worry about it. They're, they're not available. 
I know. And, and, it, and it's it like, has to change. Yeah. It, you have brought up so many really, really valid points. You both have. Um, and so here's, here's the deal. It's kind of very telling that the, the club is actually courting the larger media outlets right now. I think more so than building, helping build the smaller guys, you know, or gals or whoever we are. Um, because the, the keys to the game, they allow the larger media people to do those announcements for the keys to the game at the game live. And so yesterday it was, oh gosh, was it Telemundo or KVUS? Uh, it was the um, um, the Latin feed. I think, is it? Oh, anyhow, I can't remember the, the channel name, but they did the keys to the game. And in the past, you know, they've had some broadcasters and I know they're trying to really court Sacramento B again, because once we lost Bill Patterson as a reporter, it was uh, uh, harder to get any coverage in Sacramento B about Sac Republic. Elk Grove mm-hmm. Citizen uh, posted articles on the Sacramento Republic that were, you know, f- sent out as news releases, um, press releases. The My little tiny newspaper was airing them, but the Sacramento, Sacramento Bee was not. So they're courting the larger media groups, including KCRA and all the TV channels, and they're calling them the real uh, journalists. And it's kind of like we are an offshoot of journalism. Podcasts are considered a journalistic um, outlet, especially when they're, you know, when we're talking about the game or about the squad or about the organization of of soccer so we are still i think considered in a you know ver- verbal journalists spoken journalists um just because we think about things like that and we come from a perspective of not necessarily um what you call a uh, without bias objectively reporting on a match you know where we just basically say oh they scored three goals we scored two goals and they won and we didn't and you know these were the buildups we go more we kind of pull back some of the the covers and we show opinions. It's like an editorial. We're, you know, in a way Mm -hmm. we're editorial um, people. So on that note, I still feel like we should be courted at some point, you know, or, or encouraged or supported or referred to, or I don't know if we've ever been retweeted by Sacramento Republic on Twitter, because I don't really go Twitter and I don't think Mm -hmm. we've, we've ever been reposted. Um, you know, by anybody, even Tower Bridge Battalion, I don't think picks up our stuff. So I'm feeling kind of lonely. So if anybody's listening and, you know, you have a say, we're, <laughs> we would, it's not that we're trying to make money. We're not, we are not in a money-making situation here. We're doing this as, you know, uh, unpaid journalists, edit, edit, editorial people that talk about soccer and hopefully we bring some illumination or we bring some thought-provoking to your brain and if that's the way it is that's the way it is you know anyhow yeah i i agree yeah, yeah. All, all the merchandise that we get on this show is all fully financed by uh our, ourselves and so and we're not doing it to make money in the future we're just doing it just to grow the podcast and to grow more fans right in in the sacramento area supporting the republic and so hence why a lot of times we're like what we feel like that there could be a little bit more support because we are like an extension of their marketing team, as I always like to call ourselves mm-hmm. for them. And, and that that's, that's a white feel. And, and we're not asking them like, Hey, yeah, give us some free stuff so we can give out. It's, it's more of just that. And so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's basically where we are at. And, you know, again, hopefully 
if they get the chance to listen to this or or this gets to their ears, uh, it'll be better because we do want to get more interviews with the players. We want your uh, voices to be heard eventually too, right? We can promote a interview and if people have questions to ask the player, they can do so. Uh, and, and even heck do them on the live shows as well. So doing a little bit, something different. And at the same time, again, promoting our sport, which is our, our ultimate goal here is, is, is to do so. So hopefully, hopefully this is all really helped and, and all that. Uh, yeah. But yes. Yeah. Thank you for letting us have the time to talk about this, Luis, you know, and for, for keeping that on the, on the podcast, you know, thanks. Thanks for, thank you for that. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no problem. I think it's it's good for everyone to know, right? We we are transparent here. We voice our opinion. We're gonna do it in, in a in a good way, of course. We're not gonna do it in a different way like other people would. Uh, we're gonna make sure that everything is. But we could. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We 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 could be hundred percent really real and just not give a fornicate, but you know we want to do so. We want to do so in a constructive manner. I mean, we want to voice out our concerns, but still do it, do it in a professional and equal manner. I mean, we could easily say, "Oh, yeah, f the club, it's this and that," but you know what? What what good does that do? No. That just that just. You know, it mm-hmm. burns any and all bridges. I mean, we want we want to voice our concern, but we also want to still be positive that that you know that change can happen. That you know, really, ultimately, we can bridge the gap there between the club and the fans. You know, we and believe me, I still love my club. I mean, I know this is a very small uh, scarf uh, inventory compared to anyone else, but you know what? At the end of the day, you know, I still love the Republic FC. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's the. Well, that's one thing that's tying me back to, to Sacramento being out here in Arizona. But, you know, realize we're not perfect. The club's not perfect, but we we can work together. I mean, what we, wisdom. We wa- what great wisdom, Jared. And, you know, we love our Southwest reporter. <laughs> correspondent, correspondent. Sorry. We love our Southwest correspondent. We love all the Southwest correspondents because, remember, we also have Jennifer in Las Vegas. That's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. We have Jennifer in Las Vegas. So, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I can't wait to see who else we have maybe in other parts. Um, it's funny when Harry, okay. So I'm going to tell a really, really super fast story. Um, when Harry got signed with us back, Harry Williams back in whatever year that was 15, 16, <laughs> somewhere in there. Um, and I kind of took him in under my wing because he had never been out of the, he'd never been out of England ever. And I remember hearing him talking to his folks on, you know, over the phone and their, uh, their concern, and they weren't going to get to the U S for a few days. And would I please make sure he was okay and, you know, check in on him. And so I kind of did that a little more so with Harry and we developed this incredible relationship. And then his, his parents. Now, I think they're still closet Sacramento Republic fans because of how well Harry was treated and how loved Harry became in the Sacramento area and how he literally grew up from a kid who'd never left England and never been to the U.S. to somebody once he left, he was old hat and he was showing everybody else around who was coming in, you know, the uh, people who weren't from here. And and he was kind of like a, a he was experienced once he left. He could have been somebody's tour guide because he got given the tour, you know, and he got given that grounding. So I think we actually have fans in England. We've got we've got some fans in in faraway countries that just you know want them to listen to the podcast every now and again. So Chris Williams, 
And, you know, Mama Williams, if you're listening, we think about you every now and again. That's that, that's awesome. Yeah. And we, we want to hear more of those stories with future players. I don't know if that's still going on, but uh, we, we definitely want that to happen, especially when you get a foreigner, right? Because they, they need to be welcomed and they need to get the they need to get the Sacramento treatment, right? That we know that is there. It's, we're just we just haven't seen it reflected as much as of late. And you know, as I think about the situation, uh, and, and I try to pinpoint, like, okay, at what point did we see like a major change, right? Dramatic change. Uh, I almost want to say that post Ron Brokel stepping out of the club, right, and post MLS, just like, oh wait, are we back to not having it anymore? I think that is when everyone just kind of like lost yeah. their mindset. And that that is worrisome. That actually really gets me worried because, you know, if MLS doesn't happen, I'm like, what is going to happen to us if, you know, they, they're still stuck in this mentality where like, ooh, we had this, we had the block party, people had this celebration. And the moment that they find out, you know, this happens, which, you know, it could very well happen. Unfortunately, we just have to be honest. Uh, the moment that the MLS train leaves and doesn't come back to us, th- a lot of people might be disappointed and whatnot too, but I think the team, it's going to be hard for them to recover. It's almost like a breakup of sorts, right? It's almost like we were in a relationship with MLS and then that just kind of broke up. And I don't know how long it'll take for us to kind of come back. And if we might even possibly come back from that. Uh, or if it's going to take a complete restructure of everything for things to go back to the way they used to be. But I don't know. I'm a little worried. A lot of people were really hopeful for MLS at the beginning, right? And I know all the jokes came around like, oh, we're never going to have MLS. And Jared probably knows all those memes. He probably had some memes too. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I'm worried what happens in a post world where MLS is officially closed, not coming back. That's where we're at. I'm worried about that. You're not alone. Um, Rumblings are Las Vegas, you know, is or or San Diego. I thought it was always going to be San Diego was going to get the next call up our spot. And then because, you know, they got our coach our our women's coach because we don't they got. um, Yeah, Jill Ellis out from under us because we lost our MLS bid, but um, or postponed our MLS bid. But yeah, Fabian Nunez. Okay, Jared, you had something to say. Oh, no, I was just going to agree. I mean, uh, given the fact that we actually, you know, we, we lost uh, to both uh, Las Vegas and San Diego. I mean, I mean, there's a, there's like you said, talk about uh, the number 30 spot going to Las Vegas and that's going to take a lot of our steam. But even before that happened, NWSL, you know, our bid ended up uh, moving down I-5 to San Diego. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a one-two punch against us uh, since uh, Ron Burkle had departed. Yeah, so we've got to find a way to get over it. A lot of folks, you know, and and Daniel James has a, a good, well, Jan, Daniel Tyree, he has a good perspective. And that is, you know, hey, if it's USL, let's just support it, but call it. You know, they need to, uh, the club does need to tell us, okay, we're just going to be USL. Just support us, support us as USL. Um, you know, I, I can see where we would still be in the hunt to try to get MLS, Fabio Nunez, bringing him in. Um it, that that was interesting, but yeah. Um, when do we call it? When do we say, okay, we're just happy to be USL and let's build the thing around USL and make our living arrangements more permanent as opposed to portable bathrooms, which suck, 
you know, it's, yeah, we've got to, there's got to be something better out there. There there is. I think that there, I mean, if we, I always look back to championship stadium, right? For Orange County that they have something like that. You could build around uh, some sort of soccer complex, have your own little thing there. Uh, it'll it'll just be you know uh, uh, I mean it could not not a three thousand seater venue because we know we could fill up more so the people are there um, and I think I mean I'm with you that they need to figure out that date right look towards the future and say like look if by the end of the year we don't have an investor we just need to be transparent with everyone um, but unfortunately I think the culture that they're in right now right with the lack of transparency and again. We just saw it yesterday, right, with little moving parts and, and the, the, all the uncertainty of what was going to go on and all that. It's going to be the hardest thing. I think they are still going to keep pushing through. And even if maybe they know on the inside that, like, yeah, this is there really is like a 5% chance of this, like going back to the way it used to be. Uh, it, it, they're probably not. And I think it's a mistake on their part if, you know, the more you keep extending it because the more you keep uh, making the fans feel hopeful and the more you make them feel hopeful, the more maybe anger they might have towards the end to say like, really, you made me wait like four years of like, we were going back and forth and, and all that. And, and, you know, I'm like, and I, I know I, I get it on their part that like, it, it's going to be the saddest thing. And, and for all of us fans, yeah, it is pretty sad to say, and especially those who went to the block party, who bought the scarves. I even bought an extra MLS scarf too, because I was like, oh, I'm going to frame one up. I'm going to actually use the other one. Uh, I framed up my uh, uh, newspaper that I got that day announcing Sacramento and MLS. And you guys see it on the live shows there. I, I have some signs that I got that day as well back there hanging. And so, yeah, I get it. It's it's tough, right? To not have the venue, to not have all that. Um, but even so, I think, you could still build something in USL. They could still make the investment of having their own stadium in downtown still there. I mean, maybe not as sophisticated as the MLS stadium could have been, but we could still have something there, right? Just as the river cats have their own stadium there, which is really great. I've been to a couple of games there and awesome, awesome stadium for a minor league baseball team. It's great. I enjoy games there. And so we could have something like that as well in downtown Sacramento and, you know, make so, it a 12,000 seater as well. It's going to well, get found. Well, with the ability to expand, I mean, if, if, if we, uh, and you know, we, we do need to talk about the game here in a second, <laughs> but there's way, there are ways to, to build a, a bowl stadium or an excavated stadium with the ability to expand it. Uh, Portland did an expansion that was pretty successful. So, you know, there's, there are ways to, to accommodate that sort of thing. So anyhow, someday we'll dream on. And you know what? The best surprise for us would be like in two years, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, no, we're, we're, we are MLS. You know, they, they, the league expanded to, you know, 50 teams. I'm kidding. That, you know, probably won't happen, but um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but I really want to talk about the match last night. Cause I want to yeah. hear your guys, you guys watched it more closely than I did yeah. because I was getting, I got booted out of my seats. I'm in VIP, oh. right. But I was not treated like a VIP. Um, I happened to get up and I was filming the walkout, which I love to do. It's always been something I've done since, um, I started being more of a fan than a worker and, 
it's just been uh, just wonderful. And I turn around and the next thing I know is somebody had moved my stuff down and I was like out of my seat that I had meticulously cleaned because they're filthy dirty in the VIP section, all the chairs. If, you, if you're if you going to sit in VIP, take a, uh, go get a towel, uh, not a towel, a, a, they have a wash station. So grab the paper towels and wipe down your chair because if you sit on that chair, you're going to get like filthy. They're, they're dirty. They don't clean them. Um, and anyhow, little complaint, you know, you pay all this money and then you get a, a, a sandwich wrapped in a paper uh, thing uh, as opposed to the old days when there was a buffet and it was wonderful VIP food, but um, yeah. And so I kind of got booted out of the seat and then I had to prove to the person that that was my seat. And it was so humiliating. I just like, okay, enough. I am leaving. I am just going to go sit somewhere else. This is just enough. So, you know, that was my experience. So I didn't get a chance to necessarily see the game, although I did see Pete Pennanen and that was a high point and his family. And, and that was delightful. And I got to meet them and, you know, he was, he was, he's injured just slightly, he said, but, um, so hopefully we'll see him back. I even told him that I had him predicted in the 65th minute coming in off the bench and that by seeing him in the VIP, you know, with his family, I said, you just ruined my prediction. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he apologized. (laughs) I think he was just like, Oh, okay. You know, but that's okay. He doesn't need to apologize. He's, you know, in my mind, I hold him in very high regards. Um, So, yeah, no, I didn't get a chance to see a bunch of the game because I was in the process of proving that my seat was my seat to the person, which I should never have had to have done of, Anywho, make a long story short, I didn't see you guys. Let's talk about the game. You guys saw more of it than I did. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, as we're talking, I feel like we should probably have this podcast be a two part episode, too. So we can uh, so people could listen to just like our thoughts pregame and then we'll do one that is uh, just on the game. I think you guys are okay with that. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Okay. Also, everything that is said after this point could be used on the bloopers, so. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jared, we should say recording in progress on three. Ready? One, two, three. Recording, recording in progress. progress. Oh, that, that was actually pretty well timed. <laughs> <laughs> Better than Jared- the man of the match. <laughs> oh, yeah. One, two, three. Last night. Who's our man of the match? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, Landon Donovan made eye contact with me. <laughs> <laughs>